Have you ever been there? Man, I finally got what I'm, I've been dreaming of my whole life, and I'm here, and I, it's not at all what I expected. It's totally different. I'm wearing tights. That's what we're talking about this morning. I'm not wearing tights. It's actually a, a holiday weekend. How many of you guys got a barbecue somewhere in your near future? Anybody? Wow, three of you, four of you. All right. You guys got to come to Sandy. We have a barbecue. All right. So uh, holiday weekend. It's glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, it's kind of the end of summer, isn't it? It's been getting a little bit cooler in the mornings. I went out to mow the grass, and the time that I mow the grass is now the middle of the night, right? It's the time of the day that I've been mowing the grass. So it's the end of summer, and we're talking about an unlikely hero. We're talking about Moses. If you've been with us for the past few weeks, we've been saying that God chooses the most unlikely of people, and, and he uses them. And, and we've been discovering how he did that with Moses, and hopefully we've been discovering how he did that with you and me. All right? We're glad you're here this morning. My name's Lad. I'm one of the teaching guys here at the church. And if, uh, if you haven't been here before, welcome. And we, we actually call this our red box. This is, uh, we actually have two of these rooms, and it kind of goes on simultaneously, two of the same services. And so... The white box is over there, red box is here. Welcome, we're glad we're here, you're here with us. And uh, either place, you can end up, you've got a nursery in either place. And, and kids ministry is over in the white box if you have kids and you don't know that. Kids ministry is all kind of located over there. And, and we're really glad that you're here. So good to have you here this morning. We're going to get started. I'm going to pray and we're going to ask God to teach us. And then the video is going to roll, okay? So we've got a video that you need to pay attention to. It's a good one. God, thank you for bringing us here this morning on a great holiday weekend. We thank you for this summer and just all the things that you've been doing in our lives, in the lives of our church, in our lives this summer. God, thank you. Some of our lives have been difficult. Some of them have been great. And, and in the midst of all these things, and we're talking about this today, God, we're talking about how you move and draw us to yourself. And so, so God, we thank you. And we look to you this morning, and I specifically ask as we get into this today, that you would teach us, that you would, that you'd open up our eyes and our hearts to hear from you in a way that would, really would change our lives, God. That's what we're asking. So God, we go into this and we ask for you to show up and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Watch this. I got laid off because of the economy and I just I, I felt like my whole direction in life just got sent into a tailspin. And I felt like I was using every part of me that God created. Nothing has gone the way it's supposed to. No waves 
what I signed up for. No way. I didn't question my calling. I truthfully question God. Why are you not letting me do this after showing me this? Why would you give me something and then take it away, yet still leave that yearning in my heart? This is what I'm supposed to do. Why are you not letting me do it? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever needed an afternoon, evening drive on Wasatch just to get your thoughts out and to say, God, what is going on? I thought this is the direction you were calling me in life, and yet it doesn't seem to be working. It doesn't seem to be coming together. Have you ever felt that way? Last week we talked about the mess of life that we create. Uh, you're entering in in the third week of this and we're talking about the life of Moses. And uh, if you grew up in church, you might know a little bit about Moses. You might know his name. He's an Old Testament guy. And, and let me just catch you up to speed on the story. Moses was a, a Jewish guy who was born in, in the land of Egypt. And at this point, the people of, e- of Israel had been in the land and the kingdom of Egypt for 400 years, really most of the time as slaves, completely as slaves. Said last week, all we know as a country is, and we're only 250 years old, is, is freedom and democracy and progress and forward. And, and the thought of anything else, it just, it disturbs us, right? That we wouldn't be on top, that we wouldn't be on the cutting edge. And And for them, all they knew for 400 years was slavery. And God said that he heard his people, but like, when is this going to end, right? When is it going to end? 400 years. Your grandparents, 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 all of them slaves. No end in sight. So Moses gets born through special circumstances into the king's house, into the Pharaoh's house. And he is a Jew with, with influence and power. And he looks like the people and, you know, he, those are his people, but he's in, inside the king's house. And, and outside, they're all slaves, and they're building his kingdom for him and the kingdom of Pharaoh for him. And so he has a lot of angst about this, and it's growing and growing. And, and so Moses, at some point, he reaches a breaking point. And he's about 40 years old, and he wants to make a difference with his life, but he goes about it all wrong. And he makes a mess of it. He actually has to run for his life because he kills somebody and he's angry and he has to run for his life. And he's in a completely different country. He's a foreigner. And, and so that's where we're at with Moses. Moses is a guy who wanted to make a difference but made a complete train wreck of his opportunity in his life. And last week, here's what we said. We said God comes into life and, and you and I make messes of our lives. And some of us do it real privately and we don't want anybody to know about the messes and some of us just put on spectacular displays, right, of messes like Moses did. And, and God comes in and he says, a mess is where I want to meet you. I'll meet you there. In fact, Moses, 
Moses spends 40 years working it out. And this is what I said last week, if you didn't get this. God is like no respecter of my timeline. Have you noticed that? It, he, like today, I want stuff now. I want change now. I want to I wanna go to something on the weekend. I want to do like a DVD stuff. I want to I read an article and I want to be different right? I, I want to see change now. And God, like in the story, it's like he's a young man and he grows up and all of a sudden he's 40, right? And 40 years goes by and he makes a mess of it. And God is happy to let another 40 years go by as he's an outcast. He's a shepherd out in the distance and, and nothing's really going on. And, and God has still put his hand on him and called him, but, but God's cleaning up the mess. And and he's happy to let time go. And, and here's what I said last week. God comes, and, and Moses is about 80, and he sees this amazing supernatural thing off in the distance. And Moses says this. He says, I've got to know what that is. I've got to pursue that. And that's why some of you are here at church. Some of you are saying, I see something that seems like God, and I have to go know if that's real or not. Right? That's how some of you got here. You're like, I think God's moving over there in my friend and I, I want what they have. And I, the circumstances of my life are such that I've got to know what that is. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know what it is, but I've got to know what it is. And that's what he, he sees this bush that's on fire that doesn't burn up, that smokes differently and flames differently. And, and here's the thing. You and I don't know how many times there were burning bushes in that 40 years off in the distance that he didn't see. God doesn't tell us that there weren't a dozen others that he just blew past. He didn't see it. But this time he sees it and, and he goes to it. And last week we found him take off his sandals and get down on his knees and say, man, God, use me. I'm here. I'm here to worship. I'm here to be used, whatever it is, okay? So that's where we're at in this story. And, and we really saw how God comes into the mess and and when you respond that way, God comes and he uses and he makes unlikely heroes of you and me who respond that way. So I, I'd encourage you, if you weren't here last week, listen to it. But I really, if you feel like you're still in the middle of the mess, man, come to him and say, God, would you, would you forgive me? God, would you, would you use me? I want to believe in you. I don't even know what you are and if you're real, would you, would you make this clear? And, and we're excited that you're in that process. But, but this week, we're talking about beyond that. We're talking about the challenges of being that, what we're calling a hero, okay? And this guy in the movie that we watched earlier, this Captain America, um, he thought, man, as soon as I become that, it's supposed to just be easy. But some people thought he was a science freak, and some people thought he was a circus freak, and it just didn't roll out the way... He planned. And you and I, if we're honest, like if I, if I feel like God wants me to do something, somehow in my mind, I feel like it ought to be, I feel like it ought to be easy, right? Like because you're, you're like God, right? And so if you want me to do that, God, it should, shouldn't it just kind of roll out, right? Shouldn't it be easy to do? Put it this way, um, if, if you, uh, let's just say you're a boss, or let's say you have a boss, and most of us do, and your boss wants you to do something, um, shouldn't, you, don't you kind of expect that your boss 
gives you the tools and everything to make it easy, right? Some of you are chuckling. You're saying, I wish that's the way it was. Uh, but, but isn't that the reality? If your boss wants you to dig a hole or move a mountain or whatever, he's going to give you the equipment and the time and everything to make it happen. Now you've got to work, right? You've got to put effort towards it. But, but your boss should, and in some ways, I think that way about God. Like, God, if you want this to happen, it should be effortless. Now, I don't really want it to be effortless, but, but I kind of do. I don't really want the challenges. And here's the thing. Challenges are going to come. They always do. In fact, God tells us that challenges are going to come. And so today, here's my goal, is if, if you're pursuing God, if you're saying, God, I want to be that hero in my cul-de-sac, where I live, on my street, in my apartment, in my dorm room, where you've put me, I want to be used by you. Right? So I, I'm willing, and, and what I'm telling you is that challenges to that calling are coming your way. They, do, they always, and we're going to see it. Challenges are coming your way. And when those challenges come, don't think that you, you messed up the call, that you didn't hear right. Don't think that God isn't there. Don't think that you heard wrong because those challenges are coming and God wants them to come. Okay? That's where we're going. So you're thinking, man, this is going to be fun, right? All right, this is going to be fun because this is reality. And I want you to know that these challenges are a gift from God. And what we need to do is we need to think about them right. Okay? So that's where we're going. Um, here's what Cindy said in the, in the drive down in Wasatch. She said, I felt like I was using every part of me the way God created it. Nothing went the way I planned. I didn't sign up for this. No way. God, why are you not letting me do what you want me to do? Moses was in this exact same spot. God called him to go and to, to speak a message to the Pharaoh and have the people delivered. He said, I, I've heard the groanings of my people. I want my people to be out of slavery. You're going to deliver them out of slavery. Moses probably came into the Pharaoh's court thinking, I'm just delivering a message. God's going to make it happen and we're going to go out. And it ends up being months of drama, months of plagues and months of all of this. And and it's like, God, where are you? I want to show you just what he says, because this is the first thing, is that God's call always brings great challenges, okay? God's call always brings great challenges. Uh, you can turn with me if you have your Bibles, Exodus 5. Uh, if you're really interested in a Bible and you don't own one, uh, talk to me. I'll give you one after the service, or talk to a connections person. We'll give you one. Um, if they don't have one, just say, Lad told me to give, give yours to me, all right? And that'll be yours. Um, <laughs> Exodus 5, 21 to 23, okay? Um, so here's what happened. Uh, let me do, so he goes to the Pharaoh, and he says to the Pharaoh, hey, hey Pharaoh, um, God wants you to let his people, his people are the Israelites, you know, that workforce you got. Um, they're, they're not yours anymore. They're God's. They need to leave, right? And so, so actually what the Pharaoh responds and says, he says, listen, he said, if that's the case, you guys are, you got too much spare time on your hands to dream up all these kind of things. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to increase your workload and I'm going to take away your supplies, okay? So you got to get your own supplies and your workload is up. And so here's how... So not only does he have conflict and challenge right from the start with the Pharaoh. Now, again, if I'm Moses and I think God is calling me in to lead these people out, what? and if God really wants this, I'm not expecting that there's going to be tons of challenges, I want it just to roll out. I want God to supernaturally just take care of it and for it to be simple. And so instantly he gets no from Pharaoh. 
And then here's where we get into in verse 21. He comes back to his people, uh, the people of Israel, and they said to him, may the Lord look on you and judge you, right? They judge you eternally. May, may God punish you, right, for coming into our lives, all right? Thanks for coming. Go away. He says, may the Lord... May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You've made us a stench to the Pharaoh and his officials, and you've put a sword in their hands to kill us. So he says, not only have you, not only have you messed up and increased, but, but literally, we're going to die because of what you've done. So now he, he has challenges, really, even from the people that he's leading. They don't want to be led by him. And Moses has challenges. He goes on, and uh, in chapter 6, here's, here's part of his response, starting in verse 9. He says, Moses reported this to the Israelites um, because they did not, uh, because of their discouragement, the cruel bondage, they didn't listen to him. Sorry, verse 10. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of the country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites won't listen to me, why would the Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? So here's what happens. Moses does what you and I so often do. Moses hears from God. He goes in clearly for the first meeting, and it just, it falls apart. He knows what he feels like God wanted him to do, and it falls apart. And the people don't want to follow him. Pharaoh doesn't want to listen to him. He's back on the fact that he doesn't think he's a good enough speaker. And what's he really questioning? He's really questioning, God, is this, is this, come on, is this, is this really what's going to happen? And, and you and I, so often when we bump into challenges, what we do is we question God and we question the call. We start out and when it doesn't fall together, we think, I don't know if I heard that quite right. Or God, are you really here? Or why in the world would this work out? I, uh, I had this awesome, awesome experience this week. Uh, it was really cool. There's... Um, there's an artist who uh, actually lives in Cottonwood Heights for the last 60 years or so. He actually he died last year. Um, his name is Arnold Freeberg, and uh, you know some of his stuff. In fact, it's funny. I saw this in the, in the hallway. I've never really noticed it before. I saw this in the hallway this morning. This is one of his paintings. Um, and if you uh, did American history here in the States, you know this. Um, so he painted this, the winter at Valley Forge, and this is the prayer at Valley Forge. You've seen this painting before. He painted this. But what he also did is he, he, he uh, did a lot of uh, like religious, biblical kind of art. And so he did this whole series of artwork about um, Moses and the plagues and coming out of Egypt. And a producer-director named Cecil B. DeMille saw that and created the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. You've seen that old school film, right? Um, so he actually created that based on uh, Mr. Freeberg's art, and all of his art is in a garage uh, in Cottonwood Heights. And I got to be there in it, and just absolutely amazing to kind of see where a master sat. There's nothing in the room except for like brushes and paint that's like less than 40 years old. The, I mean, like the chair, you think those chairs are uncomfortable. Um, like the cherry sat in and stuff like that. Uh, just really interesting to see just 50 years of history and what this guy looked at. And, I, and I'm getting there. I just want you to know, he, like amazing artwork, like amazing personal portraits of the Queen of England um, just sitting there in his garage. 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of scrapped projects in the back, you know, and uh, canvases just rolled up and stashed away. And and I want so he he has this chair that he paints in, and he has a he has a painting that he's working on, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But just beyond, just out of the corner, is um, all the quotations that he looks at and focuses on, you know, just off his work. And and one of them, one of the bigger ones. Um, I, I should, have, should have written it down or taken a picture of it, but I didn't. And, uh, but here's the punchline of what it said. It said this. It said, in order to get toward perfection, never to actually hit it, but in order to get toward perfection, you must be willing to destroy your work over and over and over again. And you and I know that if, if there's anything worth doing, it's going to bring challenges, right? We know that. We know that about life. We know that about relationships. We know that about work. If, you, if you've ever succeeded at anything in work, and no matter what level of work you do, no matter what your occupation is, you know that if something is worth doing well, it's going to have challenges, right? And you've got to be willing to start over from scratch over and over and over again. But somehow when it comes to God and when, when we feel like God calls it, we just feel like it ought to be the easy train and we don't expect... We don't expect the challenges. And so, uh, anyways, this, uh, this painting that he was working on is already one that's been, it's one that he finished years ago and has been printed off many, many times. It's actually a picture of the Pharaoh's daughter picking baby Moses out of the basket, out of the river. And he's reworking it because he's not, he's not happy with that painting. He wasn't happy with that painting. He wasn't happy with any of his paintings. And all the originals are there and he's constantly reworking them and adding to them and, and fixing the flaws because, because he knows that anything worth doing is going to bring challenges. And so God's call always brings challenges and it brought challenges to Moses. The second part of it is that great challenges produce stronger faith. And that's really what God says they're going to do. In fact, let's just jump right in. Uh, if you go to verse 2 of Exodus 6, this is the way uh, the Lord said it. God said to Moses, I am the Lord. Okay, that word is actually the word Yahweh. I, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. That's how he appeared to them. That was the name that he gave him, God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, or Yahweh, I didn't make known to them. So, so God comes in to, the, to Moses and to the people of Israel with a more intimate name. Okay? And he says, all right, so my name is the Lord, and, and I established my covenant with them long ago. Okay, that's in the past. I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they lived as aliens. They were foreigners. They were nomads there. Moreover, and remember, that's before their slavery, 400 years before. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant with them. Think about that. God is okay with time. And sometimes if you're one of those Israelites living inside slavery, groaning out to God, you're like, God, why, why aren't you conquering these challenges now? Why aren't you fixing this now? God says in his word later that he took this small family, well, not a small family, it's, uh, it's a big family, it's a family of 70. And I was going to say that it's a Utah family, but never mind. Um... <laughs> So it's uh, a small family to, uh, to Egypt. And he takes them and 
they go there actually in a royal, they go there in a, as a royal family. They're guests of Joseph, who's the second most powerful man in the whole country. And they go there as a family of 70. 400 years later, they're a million people. And they're purely Jewish. Do you know why? Because the Egyptians hated them. Okay? They were purely Jewish. They, there was no intermarrying. There was no, there was no worshiping all different kinds of gods. There wasn't all different kinds of religions. And, there, and all that. They, were, they were Jews who were insulated through the difficulty of slavery. Now, if you're in the middle of it, you're like, God, I want the end of this slavery. If you're God, you see that through this difficulty, you're growing a mighty nation that they were. A pure nation who are completely Jewish in their mindset and in their religion. And so, God says, hey, I've heard their groanings, but he's okay that it, that it took generations and generations. I've heard their groanings. I've remembered my covenant with them. Verse 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Okay, get this? This is why we're reading all this. If you didn't hear anything else, hear this. He says, I will take you as my own people. Um, I will be your God. Then you will know. Okay, so this is why. This is the why of it. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land that I swore you. So the challenge, the difficulty is so that you'll know that I am the one who brought you out. I will bring you to the land I swore to you with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So God says these challenges are all about the fact that I am showing you, I am creating in you faith in me, that I'm the one who did it. All right? Uh, if you get to, we're going to see Moses even later. We're going to see Moses having really arrived in this at the Red Sea, coming up to it. But that's, that's God's, that's what he says. That's where he says that we are going um, that it would produce stronger faith, that challenges would produce stronger faith. And so I was thinking about this and producing strength, and um, you guys all know what this is. Um, at least most of you do know in theory what this is. All right, this is a dumbbell. Um, not me. Uh, this here is a dumbbell. Um, this is 50 pounds, and it's amazing that 50 pounds can be in such a small package, hey? Um, but that's 50 pounds. And so, you know, working out with, with challenges, um, we, we all know that challenges are going to strengthen you, right? You challenge your body physically and you're going you're gonna to get stronger. And so I like the idea of that, right? I like the idea of that, but that's, that's heavy. You know what I'm saying? And so I kind of like the idea of this one better. Um, this is a different kind of dumbbell. Um, you like how my voice groans as I lift that up? That's swell, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to put this... Actually, I'm going to hold this here. So this one is also... It, I think it's about 55 pounds. But, but here's the cool thing that you can do. So like 55 pounds is a lot of weight. And like, I, like, I like the challenge of it. Um, but, but here's what I find that, that we do. Like God calls us to, to something. And... Um, like, I like the idea of being called to it. 
but I don't really like the challenge of being called to it, the challenges that are in the way. Does that make sense? And, and I hit those challenges, and I, I don't know. So the cool thing about this one is that you can dial it to whatever you want. You know, like, maybe I think, uh, maybe I think that 30 is better than 50, because, like, 50 was really heavy, you know? So, you know, man, I can, I can really rock that, you know? And it kind of looks the same as the call. You know what I mean? But, man, I'm getting a little bit tired. And so... I'm going to, because that 30, it's like, that's like real deal stuff, you know? So I, there's a size for 15 here. So it still kind of looks like the same thing, but man, this is kind of more what I expected. It's kind of just like going through the motions, you know, and, and it looks like the call, but do you know what I'm talking about? I so often dial it down. And the call is big, and the challenges are, they're just overwhelming. And, and what God's goal is, God's goal isn't for us to dial it down, but to call out to him. See, that's, that's the third thing, is that great challenges, they really, they display God's glory. See, because if, if you and I can, can just kind of dial it down and, and make it look like we're achieving it, or even if, even if you're at the place where you think, you know, logistically, I've I got to figure out all the details of how to make this happen. And, and it's really, it's going to be through me nailing it. And I've got a couple of lists and I've got some Excel stuff that is just going to really make this happen. I'm going to nail the logistics and then it's going to work out. And, and at some point, you find that you dial it down from where God wants you to be of, of trusting in him on the call. And, and that's where we find Moses right here. So, again, there's always going to be challenge. And God's call brings that. And, and then great challenges, they're designed to produce greater faith in you. And, and really great challenges as we walk into that, and we're going to see Moses do that, they not only produce faith, but they show God's glory. Because at some point it so obviously becomes not you. Turn to chapter 6, Exodus 6. Um, and that's exactly what happens. You see uh, Moses, uh, the, all the plagues happen, and eventually the Pharaoh says, okay, go. Go, get out of here. And as soon as they're gone, he decides that was a bad idea, and he's chasing after them. And, and here's really where this, this happens. Um, and we're going to get to chapter 14, where Moses and the Israelites, they've fled, and they're at the Red Sea. And they're, they're standing there at the Red Sea and there's nowhere to go. And Moses is at a place where he's come to trust in God. Um, here's what, here's what uh, God says to Moses early on in chapter 6. In chapter 6, verse 1, he says this. He, the Lord says to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive him out of this country. And, and Moses has seen that. And faith has been growing in Moses because he's seen what he just couldn't have imagined. He just saw all of these ridiculously supernatural plagues. And his faith is growing and growing. And the people are terrified. And they're on the way out. And, and here's what happens in chapter 14. If you go to Exodus 14, uh, in verse 13 and 14. Moses answered the people because they're standing, uh, they're standing there. And he says, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. 
The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. That's what God desires. He desires not that you and I would dial it down and, and just say, well, I think I can handle this and, and kind of fake through the motions of what he's called you to, but that literally that what we see, what you see happen because of what God's doing in your life can only be explained by him. And so I typically tend to dial it down to, to 15 or 20. And uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it shows. And uh, I'm talking about in, uh, in life. It does. We, we tend to dial it down, don't we? And, and last week we talked about dialing it down in the ways of life where you come into the challenges, you, you know God's called you to something big, and that doesn't work out, so you take up golf. Because golf is just so much easier. Right? Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what hobbies are for because the big stuff in life that I, I was sure I was supposed to be about, like I'm not talking about hobbies that just take your mind off life for a couple hours. I'm talking about stuff that you consume your life with. And your life isn't what you're supposed to be about. Your life is about this other thing that's so, so dialed down. Do you know what I'm saying? And I, I tend to do that. But the stuff that God calls us to is more like, it's more like 50s. And it just seems so big. And the idea of, of cranking out, you know, shoulder presses with 50s, you know, that's, that's a serious deal. And we just, we just don't know if we can do it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I can't. So you give it a go because God's called you to do it and you know there's challenges there. But you see, the challenges are designed to help you see God show up. The challenges are designed so that you know it's not you. And so you give it a go. And I wish we didn't rehearse this so many times. <laughs> but you can kind of get up one. I was thinking about doing 20 or so. And you strain and you strain and you strain. And you're sure that you're supposed to do it. And finally, you come to a breaking spot. You're like, God, would you help me? God, would you help me? And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, what is happening? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm done, God. But you see, when you have the right stretch and the right call and you don't back down from the challenges, who's everybody looking at? They're looking at Matt because the dude is huge. (laughs) Right? And you're like, holy cow. That guy is an animal. And that's exactly what God said. He's like, if you dial it down, nothing's really happening. You're just going through the motions. And, and if you think because there's challenges that, that I didn't want you to do it, you're not listening. He says, until you go so that I can show up, 
and it's so obviously me, you're missing the point. And there's, there's effort for sure, but you see that God wants you to know that he's the one who's called you and he's the one who's doing the work. It's not about you and it's not about your skills, even though it, it is. And God doesn't take him out and just do it on his own. He uses you. But it's all him. Nobody's looking at you. So if you're in a place in life where everybody's looking at you, you've probably got it dialed down. Big covers over top of five pounds. Looking amazing. And you know they only weigh five pounds. You know what I'm saying? So today, if you're here, some of you, uh, some of you really entered into this last week. You said, God, I don't, you're like a burning bush on the side of the hill. I don't know what you are, but I sense that you're God and I, I want to move towards you. I want to believe in you. I want to worship you. And so, so some of you have just said yes to God as a hero. Say, God, use me, make me, forgive me. And And what I'm saying today is the challenges are going to come. And you've got to know that God loves you in the challenges. And he wants to hold your hands and to work through you in such a way that nobody but him gets the glory, that he sees it, that he sees you and he uses you and he gets the glory. And if you're here as a Christian and you've You've felt those tensions before and you, you knew what you were called to and somehow you got off track and sometimes it was too hard. I just, go back to the gym. Go back to the call and say, God, I don't know how to do this, but I'm committed to not faking it and I'm committed to saying I can't do it and I'm committed to doing what I can in that direction. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to take some time. And then sometimes there's going to be a moment where God says, I know it's a sea before you, and I know there's an enemy coming. Trust me. And here's what Moses says in chapter 14. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord today. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Worship team is going to come on up, and we're going to worship. And as we do today... I just want to I just want you to know that Christ never ever said that it was going to be anything but a challenge. He said walking with me, he said to the world, the world doesn't approve of me, they aren't going to approve of you. The world has has not agreed with me, they aren't going to agree with you. He says literally, he said to his father, don't take him out of the world, leave him here, but but use them. That's my prayer for you and I this morning. Say, God, use me. Use me in a way where you show up. I give you the glory. And when you step into that water and you see the water part, everybody knows, wow, God just showed up here. That's our prayer for us as a church as we move forward. That's our prayer for you and your families as we move forward. I encourage you, pray, say, God, and what's my calling and how do I get back there to the place where I'm trusting in you and moving forward?